0: This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. A couple of things in life are certain. Death and taxes. But I want to add a third one. Giannis Atatakompo went in the 2020 MVP in the Defensive Player of the Year. It's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 84 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffis. But before we get into everything today, man, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know you could have been anywhere else, but you chose the podcast today. And thank you for also listening to your friends. If they referred you here to the podcast or you found us on your favorite platform, either way, we want to thank you. And so those of you who've been here since day one, you already know what the deal is man (laughs) Hell man i'm so excited today because we found out last week that the nba is not going to take into account the coming games in the bubble towards the mvp voting so rather all the awards voting they're not going to take those games into account so pretty much we can give our predictions as to who's going to be the award winners for the nba season and today the main focus is going to be the debate that has been going on the entire year, which in my opinion should has never been a debate. The NBA MVP, the best player in the NBA for 2020. But before we get into that, as I said, there's a few pieces of news I need to share with you around the sports world. Number one, one of the most exciting moments in sports history altogether. Alisa Nacken became the first female coach in Major League Baseball history. She set another positive precedent on Monday night by becoming the first woman ever to serve first base coach during a Major League Baseball game. Shout out to all the women in sports, man. We need to set that trend, get more women into sports because we all will be better for it. And shout out again to Alisa for setting that precedent. If we move over to the NBA news, we all know, the NBA voting, the NBA games rather, that are going to be played in a bubble are not going to be taken into account for the MVP voting. Therefore, the NBA set a date so everybody who has a record to vote should submit their votes between July 21st and July 28th. And we'll be able to hear the winners of all the NBA awards during the playoffs. And these will be announced on TNT Sports. So, with no further ado, guys, let's just get right into it. What are you talking about, bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? (laughs) Bro, what are you talking about, man? In episode 68, to be exact, on March 3rd, 2020, I made the case that the MVP race in the NBA was over. That was when things were under normal circumstances. Now that we are still going through a pandemic. Now we are in the new normal, quote-unquote. The NBA has declared as of last week, if you listen to the beginning of the podcast, obviously. That they will not take into account the games that will be happening in a bubble towards the voting for the MVP. So, it dawned upon me well, why not just make my prediction of who is going to be the MVP winner? And newsflash, that prediction has not changed. The winner is Giannis Atacompo. And on top of that, he's just not going to win the MVP, most valuable player. He's going to also win most likely the defensive player of the year. And here's my case in a nutshell. He's the best player in the league on the best team, And he's having a ridiculously dominant season on both ends of the floor. That just means another season, another opportunity for Giannis, the Greek freak, to simultaneously contend for, again, the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year awards. Well, come on now, people, seriously. The extent of his dominance is getting really out of hand. Somewhat buried beneath James Harden's historical scoring eruptions is the Greek freak's own ability to do the same. He's averaging over 30 points a game in barely 31 minutes per game. That pales in contrast to James Harden's 38 plus when you just look at it in a box score. But if you look at it and you prorate their buckets, Giannis is putting up 33.8 points per 75 possessions compared to James Harden's 35.4. (laughs) <laughs> genuinely man, <laughs> holy crap, that's that's my reaction, to just that specific part, of Giannis' numerical breakdown, now, there are going to be people, that are going to harp on the fact, that Giannis has limited range, I get it, I get the argument, and they're right, in their own right, he is shooting, a knee lag, he's, he's actually shooting, a league average, beyond the arc, which is sitting at 32.7%. But then again, my duty is to put this into perspective. The one player that we've been clamoring about, the one player that we've been praising, including myself, new age MVP darling, Luka Doncic. He's averaging 32.4 from the same spot as Giannis. And he's supposedly a better shooter than Giannis, isn't he? His efficiency, his efficiency comes on significantly more volume that's luca we're speaking about but Giannis has upped his three point attempt rate by close to nine percentage points from last season this increase in itself is his own weapon a willingness to shoot is an asset almost regardless of the success rate hear me out hear me out defenses can plan around low efficiency man they they can step back just have just that just like they have been doing with rajon rondo a couple years ago. If you notice in the 2008 NBA Finals. The Los Angeles Lakers guarded Ray John Rondo. Kobe Bryant pretty much disrespected him. He just left him open. Just gave him 3-3 three, three feet. And told him yo just shoot the ball. Defenses can rely on that. With Giannis. But one thing I have to make clear. If you're going to rely on low efficiency. You're also going to react. Instinctively. When he's shooting volumes of shots. Because he's not going to just let a player just shoot. Think. That's pretty much Marcus Smart's career. A lot of teams say, a lot of coaches say, well, Marcus Smart can't really shoot that well, so we're just going to let him shoot. But as with volume comes, you're going to have to defend at some point. And a lot of times, at this level, those buckets are going to fall. Giannis is putting even more pressure on defenses with the type of triples. That he's shooting up now. He's not just taking a regular three-pointer. Like, he's pulling up really from behind the line. Nearly 80% of his outside looks come off the dribble. He's knocking these shots, these shots down at a sub-stellar 30.4% clip. But he's already made more pull-up three-pointers this year than he did all of last year. This year, he's made 38. Last year, he's made 37. And here, I only talked about his shooting, about his averaging, his scoring average. Now, and it also seems to me that if you visit Basketball Reference, which is a well-known site for anybody who's dive into any type of basketball stats. And if you know anything about coding, you would think that somebody actually hacked Giannis Atatokounmpo's page because he's literally racking up along with those 30 points a game. 12.9 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.2 blocks. (laughs) I paused there for a moment for you to think about that. 12.9 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.2 blocks. That's just on the offensive end. Now, defensively, it's even better. He separated himself, just not like a scoring superstar, but as a defensive superstar. You can actually make the argument that Giannis has literally been the best offensive player and the the best defensive player in the NBA this season. He guards all type of players. Big, small, medium, large. Anybody with any type of skill set. He used to do what Scott Pippen used to do in his prime. He used to guard every single position, 1 through 5. And while this isn't exactly breaking news, the Milwaukee Bucks are putting up a fresh spin on his infinite utility. Lineups with Giannis at center has become more common, actually, for Coach Budenholzer. He has already set a career high for numbers of possessions at the 5. Milwaukee has a defensive rating in the 100th. Listen to that, people. They have a defensive rating in the hundreds. In which opponents are shooting an absurdly low, 53.6% at the rim. It'll get harder for those combinations to survive in the playoffs, I must admit. But for now, those are just cheat codes. Those are numbers you see on NBA 2K. But if anyone is trying to actually poke a hole in this Giannis MVP argument my argument you have zero you have zero to go on based on the 2020 season again just on the defensive end the milwaukee bucks as a whole they're outscoring opponents by seven points per 100 possession when Giannis is off the court and guess what when Giannis is on the court they're outscoring opponents by 16 points a game so even if you want to debunk this whole argument for Giannis, you're not going to get anywhere and I must add as well, depth should not be a distraction when you're having these discussions. And in particularly here, Milwaukee's net rating jumps by 9 points with Giannis on the floor. Dragging a team out of the bottom is impressive. What Giannis has been doing the last couple years has been impressive. But also is a prerequisite for stardom. Giannis has elevated this Milwaukee Bucks squad from little to to nothing he had one blunder last year in the playoffs in the eastern conference finals and that's what everybody wants to hold against him even with the mvp voting for this season last year playoffs has nothing to do with this season but this singular season that Giannis is having is one of the greatest nba seasons by an individual of all time and after this short advertisement i'll make a case as to why he will become the Defensive Player of the Year. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, you have a message you want to share to the world, or you think it would be fun to have your own sports show like I do for the Statman Sports Podcast, podcasting is very easy. Inexpensive and is a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your own podcast. And since I have my podcast on Buzzsprout, it's one of the easiest decisions I've ever had to make. Your show can be online. It can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. So podcasting isn't that hard when you have the right partners. And the team with BuzzSprout is passionate at helping you succeed. So I would encourage you to join the thousands of podcasters that are already online with BuzzSprout and try to get your message out there. Let's create something great together. That do not make any sense. I'm a little confused. As I made the case for Giannis offensively alone as to why. He should be the NBA MVP. I purposely left out the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks have literally been the best team in the NBA from beginning till COVID ended the NBA regular season. The Milwaukee Bucks were on pace to win 76 games until the matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers and they lost three out of four games to that stretch, but they were still on pace to break the NBA single season record. Historically. When we look at the mvp voting when we look at even the little blunders that have been in the mvp voting one of the biggest blunders for me was the 1993 nba season michael jordan should have won his third mvp in a row but they gave it to charles barkley based on the simple fact that charles barkley was quote unquote the best player on the best team when dirk davisky won the mvp when they got bounced out the first round by the golden state warriors Dirk won that MVP because he was the best player on the best team. Kobe Bryant won the 2008 MVP because he was the best player on the best team. Now, that's relative. Because what does the best team mean? Does it go by record? Do you go by playing style? Do you go by performances during the regular season? Do you go with consistency? What are we going with? And that's why I've always, even before I started this podcast, when I was having discussion with my friends, with strangers, I always used to say the NBA really has the voting backwards. I think every other league does the MVP voting, I think, mostly correct and except for the NBA. A lot of it is based on feelings. A lot of it is based on emotions, on storytelling, or which has the prettiest story. That's why this idea that LeBron James should have, should win the MVP over Giannis, when literally all the statistics, when I, all the the eye tests tell you that Giannis has just been better, people just want to say, "Well, LeBron James is thirty five years old. He went to a third franchise. It's a seventeen year his seventeen year in the league, and it's a nicer story because the Lakers are number one in the West." I hear arguments that the narrative is that when LeBron used to play in the East, he used to play in the weak East. Why doesn't that count against Giannis? Well, technically, it does not count against Giannis because the Eastern Conference is not as weak as it used to be five, six, seven, eight years ago. Simple as that. That's the argument. It's not because people hate LeBron James. I'm a Laker fan. When I'm a fan, when I'm not on this podcast, I'm a fan. I'm a Los Angeles Laker fan. And I should be making an argument for LeBron James, which I have. Again, he's in the 17th year. He's 35 years old. He's leading the league in assists. He's also averaging 25 points a game. But let's be consistent and let's be fair. When you have another top five player on your team, usually those votes count against you. And you usually do not win the MVP. MVP. Just because of the simple reason that you have a top five player in the NBA, and for those of you who want to make the argument that yeah, that uh, that uh, not Giannis, I'm sorry, that Anthony Davis was not a top five player in the NBA, you and I cannot have a conversation. Before Anthony Davis was with LeBron James, he was a, literally a walking quadruple double for the New Orleans Pelicans. So let's just stop there. Having a player like that on your team pretty much negates you. Almost from winning the MVP unless you have an extraordinary season just like Michael Jordan did. Scottie Pippen was arguably a top five player in the NBA. But Michael Jordan was always in the MVP discussion. And most of the time he won it when he outperformed the season before. But in Giannis' case, he's just not arguably the best offensive player in the NBA right now just by this singular metrics. Or the advanced metrics. That is what makes Giannis great. He's almost as good on the defensive end or better. In just this year, where there have been multiple defensive players in the league that could actually win defensive play in the year, we have a good big list of defensive players Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Rudy Gobert, and the list goes on. Giannis. Those are quality players that can actually win defensive player of the year. Giannis has risen above all of them. His defensive rating of 96.5 leads the league. And the Bucs as a team, they only give up 101 points per 100 possessions. That's literally 3 points fewer than 2nd place Toronto Raptors. People, Giannis is a defensive engine. He covers every spot on the court with his wingspan and his quickness. And matter of fact, it also helps that he's surrounded by smart, effective defenders, especially Brooke Lopez, who also, by the way, has a real case with Defensive Player of the Year. So he it gives Giannis the ability to roam around and to disrupt the, the the scheme of teams all around courts, all around different arenas. For a lot of you, for a lot of people who are listening, and just just in any sports in general when we talk about defense it's not sexy it's not something people really care about and if you look at the history of sports you know a lot of leagues have been gearing towards us the fans us the media us for entertainment you know people want to watch people score rather than playing defense but when it comes to the nuts and bolts when you there's a saying that says you know offense sell tickets defense win championships Defense is hard to quantify. A defensive impact for a player is hard to quantify. And over the years, we've found ways to quantify this. Thank you to 538 defensive Raptor metric. Giannis, right? He leads the league in defensive win shares and defensive plus minus. And he ranks third tied with his teammate, Brooke Lopez, in that metric. When he's the primary defender at the rim. He gives up a field goal percentage of just 41.8%. By far, literally by far, the best in the league. His overall defensive field goal percentage is 36%. The lowest in the NBA among players who defend at least 9 shots per game. That is what Giannis brings to the table on the defensive end. Now, Milwaukee as a team, let me just bring this into perspective. Milwaukee's defensive dominance with Giannis on the floor is just a further indication of how great of a defender he has been just this particular season. The Bucks give up eight points even without him. Okay? I have to be fair. The Bucks give up eight points even without him. Eight points even without him. They conceded just 104.2 points per 100 possessions. A figure that would rank second In the NBA and that's without Giannis Now when when Giannis is actually On the court The Bucs are 16 point better So overall what this statistic Is really telling you this metric is actually telling you The Bucs as a whole Are a great defensive team But when Giannis is on the floor They are a historic Defensive team A historic NBA Defensive team Giannis is one of the only players in the NBA who can guard literally all five positions at an elite level not a good level an elite level he at times ends up on the ball with a pick and roll and his mobility and length destroys opponent it just messes up their schemes they don't know what to do so you end up with the ball at the end of the shot clock you don't know what to do Giannis is guarding you with his wingspan and you tend to do something you don't necessarily have prepared for. There's an actual video compilation. I'll probably put in the in the show notes of this episode. So you can go look at it. It's going to show you the 2020 Milwaukee Bucks. Actually playing pick and roll defense with Giannis. And it's just ridiculous. Right? It's just ridiculous. That the Bucks combine Giannis' skills. And Coach Budenholzer's schemes. To do the things that have been doing this NBA season. The guards that the Milwaukee Bucks have. They're physical defenders. They help Giannis out. And Giannis is literally on pace to have the best defensive field goal percentage in NBA history. Yes, having a good team helps. And a lot of players who are defensive stoppers have had good teams around them, but they have never. I can say that equivocally. They have never put up the defensive numbers that Giannis has been putting up This 2020 NBA season. So worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. I believe the Milwaukee Bucks. Will be in the NBA Finals. And best case scenario. They will win the NBA Championship. Simply because. They have a once. And a generation player. One that is a superstar on offense. And one that is a bigger superstar on defense. This season has proven by far the best defensive players and who is the best offensive players Giannis is simply the heartbeat of the Milwaukee Bucks operation quite frankly he is the heartbeat of the Eastern Conference and you can arguably say he is the heartbeat of the NBA he's a modern switchable defender he can go anywhere on the court he can produce at an elite level so with that, I'll say, my case is close. Giannis compo he's a defensive player of the year. And he should easily cruise to his second straight MVP as well. Ah, we've come to the end of another episode. That was episode number 84 of the Statman Sports Podcast. We are 16 episodes away, people. 16 episodes away from episode 100. I've been telling you guys this for a couple weeks now. We have something special coming for episode 100. I know it's a long way away, but I'm quite excited for it. I never thought I would really get this far. But, you know, thank you so much again, guys, for showing that support. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to my case for the 2020 MVP. I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just making a case as to why I believe. Giannis should win the mvp and i hope you guys enjoyed it but before i let you guys go if you did enjoy that episode then you can just leave a, a review or leave your comments on apple podcast spotify google play whatever your favorite platform is and uh we will thoroughly read those and what we are trying to do moving forward as well um we are still debating which episode we're going to try to do that on possibly episode 90 where uh Whatever comments you leave Whatever recommendations that you leave We will want to showcase those on our podcast So you guys can feel more involved My goal is to get you guys involved as well Because I'm just not doing it for myself As something that I love But also I'm doing it because of you guys And if you guys were not listening I won't be doing this anyway So um, I hope I hope you guys can uh, leave those reviews and I look forward to um, when we start posting those on the podcast. If you want to listen to show notes as well, if you like to read, if you're at the job, if, if some of you still have to go to the office and you can't necessarily listen to the podcast, you can find the show notes on statmansportspodcast.com or statmanpodcast.com. And if you'd like to buy merchandise, if you have a little coin left, You know, from after paying your bills, you can go to store.statmanpodcast.com and buy you some merchandise. And finally, guys, please do us all a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do your friends a favor, your family members, your co-workers. Wear a mask. But for right now, Statman, signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.